Hello, and welcome to the Faith Focus Weekly Discipleship Podcast. My name is Kevin Rognes, and I am your host. I'm really excited to be here today because today we are kicking off a new mini-series in our podcast about giving. So over the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about giving of our treasures, our talents, and our time. And today, we're starting off with that treasures piece of things, or financial giving. Because believe it or not, giving is actually a very important part of discipleship, of our walk with God. So to do that, we're going to look at a variety of scriptures from both the Old and New Testament, and not necessarily in any particular order. And as almost always, there are many scripture passages about giving, and we're not going to focus on all of them. I'm just picking out a few highlights for us to get into today. So first, I'm going to go through a list of reasons of why we give, and then I'm going to tie that into what that means for our discipleship. So one of the first reasons that um, that we give is because God has given so many things to us. So because God has given us things, we, in gratitude, then give back to God. So the first verse that I'm going to share about that is, Deuteronomy 8, verse 18, where it reads, Remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. So it's easy sometimes for us to give ourselves the credit and say, Oh, I'm taking home this paycheck because I went out and earned an education, or I went out and got this job, and I have the skills to do this job and earn that income. Well, guess what? (laughs) The reason you have those skills where we're able to go out and get that education to qualify for that job is because God has gifted you to do those things. God gave you a body that's able to work. God gave you a brain that's able to think and learn. And so because we have that, we can give thanks to God by returning the favor in a way and giving back to God what God has given to us. Likewise, in 1 Chronicles 29, verses 12 through 14, we see a time when the writer has been so excited by the way that the, uh, the nation of Israel has so generously given. And the writer is very excited and says this, Everything in heaven and earth is yours, O Lord. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to us all. God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you and we have given you only what comes from your hand. So here there's recognition that really all things are gifts from God. Even though I'm gonna go home and go grocery shopping after this, I still have to give thanks because that comes from God. God created the plants and the animals that create the food that I have the opportunity to buy because of the job that I have, because of the skills and gifts that God has given me. Everything can be traced back to God, and so that's why we give out of gratitude for what God has given us. Another reason is that giving expresses God's love. And this example is going to be kind of an inverted example of what happens when you're not giving. So this comes from John, or excuse me, 1 John 3, 17. But if anyone has the world's goods 
and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him? Does God's love abide in him? So essentially what this is asking is, if you're able to give and you see a need and then don't give, how is that an example of God's love? How is that showing God's love to a world of people that are in need? When people see not giving, they can say, wow, they must not love me. And so that's why it's so important, because giving is an expression to others of God's love for them. Oftentimes, God shows love to individual people through us. It's not always just a divine miracle that God provides in just suddenly creating um, the thing that people need. God uses us to be his hands and feet and express his love to other people. Giving also supports the church. So in Romans 12, 13, it reads, Contribute to the needs of the saints. Wow, not the saints. I'm going to start that sentence over. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. So here it's basically saying that the saints are out there doing God's work, and so contribute to them so that they can continue God's work. And many of us do that. We support the church that then supports a variety of missionary efforts. 1 Timothy 5, 17 and 18 says, uh, let the rulers, excuse me, let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain and the laborer deserves his wages. So basically what that's saying is that the staff of a church or the pastors, the teachers that are helping you learn more about God have earned a wage because they're working hard for you. And so it's important to support the church. Then in 3 John verses 5 through 8, it reads, Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, for they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. So we as a church, as Faith Covenant, we support a variety of missions workers around the world. We recognize that not all of us are gifted to be able to go out to, for example, other countries and support people um, around the world that are doing missions work and are in need of help. So that's why we are able to give to them so that they can go do the work that sometimes, for a variety of reasons, we are not, not able to do ourselves. So then the uh, Bible also gives some description about different ways to give, different um, not ways in terms of like, oh, you can give in cash or a check or online, but the ways that your heart should be in posture when you're giving. And the first uh, posture, I guess you could say, is anonymously. And this comes from Matthew 6, verses 1 through 4. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. 
But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So here it's essentially saying that giving is meant to be a private thing between you and God. It's not meant to be a showy spectacle to show people how amazing you are. It's not an intent to show off the wealth you have by how much you can give away. Here, the leaders of the synagogue that this writer is talking about were announcing their gifts with literal trumpets. And the writer says, yeah, they get their reward, they get their attention in the here and now. But when you give just for the sake of giving, for the sake of helping others and expressing God's love, that gives you a different reward. Not earthly attention, but a heavenly reward from God. And we don't always know what that's going to be here on this earth, but we know that God will reward us. God sees us and is thankful for what we do. So that's not to say never discuss your gifting with anyone. Sometimes it's important to discuss your um, tithing with financial planners or to use an, as an example when you're mentoring someone. However, overall, giving should generally be an anonymous thing in the sense that you're not shouting it out to the world that, oh, look how much I'm giving, because it's not about drawing attention to yourself. The Bible also encourages us to give cheerfully. 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6-7 through 7 says this, The point is this, Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So sometimes giving can be hard to do cheerfully, right? Because we often work hard for our money. It's hard to give up something that I have worked hard for when I know that I could use it towards vacation or renovating my bathrooms, any of those kinds of things. But we need to give cheerfully because we receive so much more when we give. God loves a cheerful giver who is not giving because they feel like they have to, but because they want to. We want to give when we realize that we are made in the image of a God who has given us so much, and that should give us the joy that motivates us. We can also be cheerful because we can realize that when we give, whether it's to a church or to a mission organization or an organization that provides aid after disaster or to alleviate poverty, we can be excited about that because we know that our gifts are going to help people who are in need, in need of aid or in need of the gospel message of Jesus Christ. We also, now you may notice it's getting maybe a little bit more difficult here to kind of take some of this in. We're also called to give sacrificially. Luke 3.10 says, Whoever has two tunics, or two items of clothing, is to share them with him who has none, and whoever has food is to do likewise. This is starting to get a little bit personal, right? Because now we're being asked to give up of our own possessions in some cases. Sometimes we have to sacrifice and give up something that we've been using or is a legitimate need. I need to eat food, but if I have extra food for someone else, 
I need to be sharing that so that nobody is going without food. 2 Corinthians 8.3 reads, For I testify that according to their ability and beyond their ability, they gave of their own accord. Here, they're giving beyond their ability. How is that even possible? Well, sometimes when we choose to give in a way that is sacrificial, God does amazing things that we were not expecting and enables us to have what we need to give that gift. Sometimes people deprive themselves of necessities so that they can give more, and oftentimes they find themselves richly rewarded by God. I've heard so many stories of people giving beyond what they think they can do and end up getting and receiving more than they ever thought possible. So never put a limit on what you think you can give or what you think God can do with your gift. The Bible also encourages us to give for the right reasons. We're not, again, we're not giving to draw attention to ourselves and make ourselves look good. We're not giving to show off how much wealth we may have. We are giving for the reasons of compassion and love. Proverbs 3.27 says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. So if you're able to do something good for someone and they're in need of that, do it. Whether that's through a church or through a mission organization or giving directly to a person who is in some sort of need, give because you have compassion on them. You see their need, you see that you can meet it, and so you give in that way because it's within your power. And remember, God has given you that power to meet that need. In 1 Corinthians 13.3, it reads, If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardships that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. So you can give all you have and all you are, but if you're doing it for the wrong reasons, to just be able to boast about how amazing you are, how selfless you are, you're gaining nothing. Because it is only when you give out of love that you receive any reward from that. So this brings us to the matter of discipleship. How is all of this stuff that we see in the Bible help us with discipleship? Well, here at Faith Covenant, we often talk about discipleship being about your walk with God, with others, and with God's Word. So how does giving, in, giving tie into those three things? Well, if you are thinking of—well, um, let me start over. It helps us walk with God by helping us be more like God and reflecting the image that we are made in. Genesis 1 and 2 tell us that we are made in God's image. We are made to be like God. God is incredibly generous and incredibly given, giving. Think of all the things that you've been given in your life. You've been given different, um, maybe the ability to learn or certain skills. You've been given a home to live in. You have shelter. You've had food or clothing. And maybe at different times in your life and maybe even now, you don't have enough. Maybe you're experiencing poverty on some level, but God has still given you so much. There is still the air that you breathe and the blood pumping through your veins. God is always giving to us. And so we need to give 
because we are striving to be like God. That is part of discipleship, is yearning to be a disciple and a follower of Jesus. And Jesus was very giving, and so that's the example that we are always seeking to follow. Likewise, when we give, that helps us give glory to God. So even if your giving is not necessarily to a church, perhaps it's to an aid organization that's giving relief to um, people displaced by a war or famine or other efforts that are helping to alleviate hunger, that is still something that is given glory and honor to God because you are helping to care for God's precious and beloved children, regardless of whether you know them or not. Likewise, giving helps us to walk with others because it helps us to think about others. When we give, whether it's to a church or to a charity organization or a mission organization, that's us recognizing that other people have needs that need to be met. And when we are giving, that means that we're thinking of others and saying other people are, more, are important enough for me to give this for them. It's important that I love them, and so I'm going to give of my finances or of my extra clothing or extra food, whatever that may look like. It also encourages us to give together and pool our resources to accomplish more than what we can give on our own. That's how Faith Church runs itself and pays its bills and pays its staff because people like you are generous enough that you pool your resources together and it creates a much larger sum of money than you could provide on your own. Likewise, organizations like Team World Vision, when you give to that, they're able to do amazing things because it simply pools the resources together to accomplish more than what one person, what I can do on my own. And last, giving helps us to walk with God's word because when we give, we are living out the Word. When we give, we are looking at what the Word says about giving and saying, okay, I'm going to go do that. I'm going to go give cheerfully and sacrificially because the Bible is telling me that that's important. So when we give, we are living out God's Word and being a living example to other people about God's Word. Because let me tell you this, there are a lot of people who don't know a whole lot about the Bible, but they know that the Bible says to be generous. And so when we live out that example, we confirm by our acts and by our deeds what the Bible is saying. And we are saying, yes, this is important. This is a part of the Bible that I really, really need to make sure that I pay attention to. So giving is absolutely a part of our discipleship. It absolutely helps us walk with God with others, and with God's people. So if you haven't started giving yet, um, now is an invitation to start doing that. Whether it's to Faith Covenant Church or to some other mission um, organization, I encourage you to start. And maybe you feel like you need to start small. That's fine. Everybody's journey of giving starts somewhere. And so if that's $1, if it's $5, $10, whatever that is for you, just start giving. The goal often that I hear is not necessarily the amount that each person gives. It's about 100% participation of the body of Christ in giving. Because again, when we all give, 
amazing things can happen that we could not guess on our own and we could not imagine. So make that a step that you take today if that's not something you've done yet. Likewise, if you are already giving on a regular basis, maybe see if you can think of ways to adjust your budget to maybe give a little bit more or think of another way that you can give to show God that you're wanting to be the hands and feet in the world. I lost my train of thought. Where was I going? <laughs> well, in any case, giving is just so important. And so I hope it's something that you feel an invitation to today. And again, if it's not something you've done yet, now is a great, great time to start. There's ways to give at Faith Covenant online through our website and through our app. And you can also give in person at our drop boxes in, if you're um, visiting us in person as well. So as always, I just want to thank you for listening or watching to this today. I also want to remind you that if you want to be alerted every time we post a new episode every week, typically on Wednesdays, um, you can subscribe on whatever platform you're watching or listening this on. So that can be uh, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. There are ways in each of these platforms to make sure you subscribe and get every notification for every new episode. Also, if you have comments, questions, or perhaps a story that you would like to share on the podcast sometime, please feel free to email me. My email is listed in the description information for this episode, um, so please feel free to reach out to me and share any thoughts that you may have. I'm very thankful for all of you for taking the time to listen to this, and I hope that you have a wonderful day. Mm -hmm.